You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Man, I'm picking a lot of background up. Someone's up too high. Hold on. Someone is up too Someone's high. Someone's up too high. Too high, you mother child. I don't know. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show. It's episode 370 uh, of the New Utah Podcast, and it's Utah Adventure Week. Ta-da. So you guys get to uh, go on an adventure with us uh, this week. Why don't get to do. actually go? I mean, they can if they want. We're going to tell them all about it so they can. Pretty cheap. It's pretty accessible. So you could definitely go on this adventure. Um, the bar, the standard that we have set is, um, pretty low. So this is a great adventure. Um, you know, pretty (laughs) much everything. Leonardo. Yeah. Pretty much as long as you're better than the Leonardo, we might recommend you. Which so far, hands down, everything we have done has been better than the Leonardo. That is true. So, <laughs> I'm just going to keep shitting on the Leonardo as long as sorry, they guys. exist in their current... I'm not sorry. Fucking Change it up and... Be less shitty. Don't charge $50 to go look at a fucking it's not acid $50. trip. $50. That's what show. they do in Vegas. The and slideshow. they can get away with it because it's Vegas. Yeah, and because people are really drunk and high in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And they probably end up giving a They literally have away. the exact same exhibit in yeah. Vegas. They yeah. probably enjoy it better and because they charge they're the same. drunk and high. Yeah. I mean, I look, if I took LSD... It'd be real trippy. That would be cool. But you know what would be better? Going to Clark Planetarium and seeing a fucking laser show. Mm-hmm. Way better and cheaper. A lot cheaper. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I'll stop bagging on the Leonardo. We'll be doing plenty of that later, I'm sure, when we do comparisons. Uh, so it is almost the 4th of July, baby. Yeah. It's the week before. That'll be this weekend's festivities. It's on a Tuesday. But I want to point out to everyone... Because we are dedicated to you, our listening audience, you will have an episode on the 5th, just like you always do. It'll be fresh content. It won't be some bullshit best of. We don't take fucking vacations on this show. We're here every single week torturing ourselves for, for your, your entertainment. entertainment. Torturing you ourselves? No, if I was torture, I would not do this. We don't make money doing this. We will be doing our sidewalk of fire. In uh, fact, we spend money to do true. this. That's true. It costs us more than money. That's true. We'll be doing our sidewalk fire, so I'll, I'll have an update of that next week. Hopefully, come back with all my fingers. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure. not. Or hopefully we not. We don't get any of the crazy stuff. I don't know. Um, we don't do fireworks anymore. Events are a little off this year. Um, we have a lot of municipalities and stuff playing around with um, some alternatives to fireworks, which I'm actually a big fan of. So Park City officially, uh, they voted on this like back in, I want to say it was back in like March, um, but Park City is officially doing a drone show instead I have of seen, fireworks. Like not this particular one, but I've seen some of those. Those are freaking amazing. Uh, so RSL did a drone show earlier this year at the stadium and i think that was a precursor to do we want to do drones and it's not the first one they've done uh do we want to do drones long term instead of fireworks because there's a whole deal with sandy city and i think sandy city is also discussing getting rid of their fireworks display uh and maybe doing something like a drone show and we already know like the sugar house park fireworks those are privately funded now and i don't think they're happening so um there will be a celebration at Thanksgiving Point. I don't know if they're going to have fireworks or not. You can definitely see fireworks at Stadium of Fire. 
where um or America's Freedom Festival, whatever you want to fucking call it. <laughs> um, Journey is playing at Don't that show. Don't stop. Believing. I'm telling you, man, the kid that they've got sounds just like him. I went and saw him in concert, and he's you didn't. Go. We, we did. Went. We did. We did. Is he the? Is he he's the Filipino. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, they found him on YouTube. Literally, he's Cause, like thirty. Because I know NXS did the same thing. They found that Eddie Money or something. No, Jake Money. Ah, whatever he calls himself. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say not Eddie. Not Money, Eddie Money, but. but and he sounds just like Enix. Like it, it is crazy to watch the show, though, because all the rest of the dudes from Journey are like ninety <laughs> years old, and then there's this one dude that's in his thirties that is like room, moving around the state. The rest of the dudes are just—they're just old. So it's like when we saw English Beat a couple of years ago, the lead singer of English Beat. So if you close your eyes, it's English Beat. If you look up, it's this old decrepit dude. But everybody else in the band's probably in their early twenties, so they're jumping around, and he's just standing there in the middle, like just. Trying to stay alive. Don't break my bones. <laughs> uh, also, at uh, down there in Provo, they have that balloon festival as well, the first through the fourth, um, which is a, um, a thing that happens. Um, there's the Liberty Days up at, this is the Place Heritage Park across from the zoo. They fire a candy cannon. Yeah, no fireworks at that. So just worth noting. In fact, they point you to go to like Jordan, uh, like Jordan Park, uh, or, um, Sugar House Park. Um, you know, it'd be cool if that real cannon with candy in it. That, no. I, that might be what the candy <laughs> cannon actually is. But like a real cannon? No. They're, they're firing off a cannon full of candy. Just, they're not, I don't think they're actually like firing, dis- like with fire firing. Like cannon. disintegrate. Well, like, it might be like a potato gun full of candy. Like all the cars in the parking lot. Yeah, but it's not pelted. A t shirt cannon? Yeah, but that's. It's still Jeremy a is talking about like an actual like well, it would you just, could put a ball in it cannon. Well, it wouldn't do anything with candy. Part just, of why cannons actually work is the ball seals the the barrel of the cannon. Well, how do you know it's not a ball full of candy? That the explosion has to not destroy the thing being <laughs> blown out of it. That's the only thing. Uh, On so Pirates of the Caribbean, they put all those forks and stuff in it, and that worked. Yep. <laughs> God. All right. Uh, the bees will have their fireworks show at Smith's Ballpark <laughs> while they're still there. Um, Sandy City, I think they're still doing fireworks this year. That might be the last year from what I've understood about coming out of Sandy. Uh, there is the Stampede in West Jordan, the West, West Jordan Western Stampede at the Rodeo Arena there. Uh, that's the first, third, and fourth. And uh, West Jordan always does big um, fireworks. Uh, they do outdoor movies. They'll have a carnival there. Um, you can have those really safe carny rides. Hmm. Where the fuck is Oakley, by it's the way? It's up by the, it's up the canyon by... Up the canyon. Oh, God. Whenever I talk about that stupid res- reservoir that I always forget the name of. Hmm. Uh, anyway, it's up, up there. Is by Morgan? Like that direction? Let's find out. It's in Summit County. So it's up in the park. It's in the Park City area. I said it was up the canyon. Okay. But there's Little Cottonwood, Big Cottonwood. You didn't have any clue. So fuck you both. Immigration. (laughs) And then Parley's. So it's up. It's up kind of by like Mm. Camas. um, Oh, Rockport is the reservoir. Rockport is the reservoir. Yes. Thank you. Camas side of things. So yeah. And Camas is the other thing I can never remember. I went there like my whole life when I was a kid. Every time we went camping, like that's that's where we went. I can't ever remember the name of it. And Camus doesn't even get their own shit. It's always Wanship and Camus. Oh, yeah. Isn't Camus bigger than Wanship? 
But it's always one ship slash Camus. Well, because one ship w- is the city that you go through to get to Rockport, I think. That's right. Isn't one ship yeah. the ship that the Spanish came over in? No. So one ship has not one's four- <laughs> ship, Jeremy. One <laughs> ship has uh, four hundred and eighty-one people. Camus has twenty-one hundred people. So that's a big old event going on. Come over in one ship. So the Oakley Rodeo is actually huge. I haven't been there for literally thirty. Well, yeah, thirty years, but. It's it's huge. It was huge at least 30 years ago. The Ute Stampede down in Utah County is usually pretty big. Mm-hmm. The Canab Fourth if you're down in the middle of fucking nowhere. Although the the St. George um, Fourth of July celebration, they have like a Grammy nominated one somewhere um, in like country singer down there. And there's one somewhere in like which one's down south, Lehigh or Nephi? Nephi's farther south. Okay, so there. Nephi yeah. in Nephi, because one of my insureds runs it. Nephi is where they have the Ute Stampede. That's the oh, big yeah. rodeo. That's, he helps with that. And they usually do the demolition derby, all that stuff. Yeah, that's because when you get into small towns the size of Nephi, that's what you have fun doing is demolition wrecking derby. shit and riding horses. Um, also, there's the Cherry Day Freedom Fest in North Ogden. That sounds um, fun. That'll be at the end of June, early July as well here. Um, and they do a bunch of different shit up there. I don't know why they call it Cherry Days. I'm guessing because cherries are maybe still in season most of the time. Because I used to be Cherry Hill, but now it's yeah. just houses. Where else... Cherry Hill. I don't think it has to do with the shitty water park. No, but I mean, that whole area cherry used to be Hill, Cherry, cherry, Hill. cherry Hill. Like, that whole area was Cherry Cherry Groves, Hill, cherry gro- Oh, it was all Cherry Orchards. Orchards. Yeah. Now it's just houses and they're, they're crappy water orchards. parks. Yeah, they're called orchards. Yeah. Okay, Did sure. you say Cherry Houses? No, now it's just houses. Oh. Yeah, they're painted like cherries, though. They all look like cherries. <laughs> They've got green roofs and red bodies. So that'd of, be kind of pretty. They're all built out of cherry wood. Cherry houses. Ooh, that'd be pretty. That would be fucking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, Comedy also, hypnotist show? What a hell of a, what a hell of a, uh, a cookout if one of those lights on fire, man. This smells this so is, good smoking. This is such an interesting... Okay. The parade is followed by a car show, a festival in North Ogden Park with vendors, kids' corners and games, activities such as bounce house and inflatables, a volleyball tournament, and a comedy hypnotist. Well, we don't know if the comedy hypnotist show is going to be there or not, because not all of the details are confirmed. Of right, thing, but, but still, like that's just like a weird array It's a fucking carnival, dude. It's just like when you go to... Just dude me? I did dude you. You're my wife, and I can dude you. <laughs> it's like when you go to Pride, you know, it's about gay people and tarot card readings if you're in Julia's booth. Yeah. Like, it just happens. These things follow people. It's weird. So anyway, just some some of the stuff going on for Lots Fourth of, stuff of July. Going on. Actually, speaking of tarot readings, what? it reminded me I got into the Evermore Farmers Market, so I will be there sixteen different Saturdays through like October. I bet that's a pretty decent like actual farmers market. Like I don't know about like all the other vendors they have, but there's a lot of farms down there. Like I bet they get yeah. A lot so they of have really... farmers, they have performers, they have yeah, like would... arts and crafts vendors. They have like sixty vendors, I think. So. That's cool, and I bet they've got. So I look at farmers markets for the produce. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mind looking at some of the other like arts and crafts and you know what people make in their basement vendors but uh, or apartments some of them just are in apartments but my my thing mostly is is the fresh produce because it's so much cheaper i bought three huge fucking giant bunches of radishes for five bucks Mm -hmm. like i I can't even get one at the grocery store for that like it's just well you take them home and they don't rot no they last for a long time yeah so anyway 
Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's mostly what we wanted to talk to you about, uh, ahead of the fourth here. Please be safe. Don't fucking light off fireworks. I would just don't, like, I don't, I don't want to have the conversation with you. I'm hating fourth of July less and less each year, but I'm still not a fireworks person anymore. I was when I was a kid. I almost blew off my hand multiple times. <laughs> I had a bottle rocket or not a bottle. Well, I had a lot of bottle rockets shot at me. Did I ever tell the story about having a uh, Roman candle hit my eyeball? Yeah. On the air? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bree's got her, her reading glasses in her mouth. That's why she sounds like she's talking. She's thinking. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I had some fun as a kid with fireworks. I don't really recommend that you let your kids play with fireworks as a result. I'm still here. I still have all my fingers and toes. And you can see mostly out of your right eye. Yeah. Well, I can see a lot better now, LASIK. <laughs> i tell you what, eyeglasses saved my eyeball. <laughs> and I, I suffered with those same glasses for like two years. Because back then it's not like you could it. get a new pair. No, no. And it was, there was a hole burned into one of the lenses and I just roll, I just rolled with it, whatever. That's what you gotta do. Hey, I didn't even say anything to my parents about it because they would freak the fuck out because glasses are expensive. I, I've told you before. Not on anymore. Show, I, I wore dumpster shoes my whole fifth grade year. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know, you do what you gotta do, man. Um, so in fact, speaking of dumpster shit, um, <laughs> so we went, uh, this, 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 uh, this month for our adventure, we finally decided to go out to Antelope Island. And the reason I'm saying dumpster shit is we had an experience where we went into this like really wooded, like foresty looking area that was not very big <laughs> at the end of the day, but it was really like the bird thing, but like really, really tall, like trees. Uh, and there were some big clearings in between some of these trees. And it was like, you were in a forest magically. And then it was wetlands. But Heather, Jeremy's wife said, Hey, this would make a really cool fort. Like as kids. And I said, yeah, we found one like that back in the day. Like there was this like bunch of overgrown brush and, and trees and stuff over by the river. And we made a fort out of it. The clearings aren't as waterproof as you think, but it was nice. I'm like, we stored all our porno mags there. They got ruined by the rain. <laughs> Why do you badgers. say porno and not porn? It's so weird. Cause I grew Isn't up a in a porno, a video. Not necessarily. No, porno mags are porno mags. Pornography. That comes from... That the, is my preference, but if Beastie not, Boys, porn sounds better than porno. The Beastie Boys coined that frame what? of your mom threw out your best porno mags. That might be why I say it, honestly. It's just the era <laughs> I grew up in. It's just how it happens. You found your porno mags in dumpsters. There was no internet. I got to tell you, in the 80s and no 90s, internet? <clears throat> the internet did not exist like it does today. Even in the late 90s, there was not porn on the internet very quickly. <coughs> That's a lie. There was a lot of porn on the internet in the late 90s. You just had to really look for it. <laughs> no video porn. Now it just say. pops up by accident. Well, not in Utah. So nope, not in Utah. Not in Utah. People are still pissed about it. I, I saw a TikTok video <laughs> someone yesterday. <laughs> She's like... I had my little silver friend. I pulled up my phone. I, I either sent you that one or you sent me that one. And like nothing, nothing. I can't watch it. I had to watch like the She's like, now I have to get an OnlyFans subscription. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least it's working in Utah for now. We'll see how this holds up in court, though, because uh, they're getting sued. As I know, I'm sure they knew they would. I mean, how do you not? They don't care. It's not their money. So anyway, Ta taxpayers money. Anyway, we, uh, we decided this, sh we wanted to go out somewhere, um, for this month's, uh, Utah adventure week. We always go out somewhere for the adventure. Well, I mean, but like, 
we wanted to go out into nature. It's the summertime. The weather's nice. Um, summertime is and living's easy. Summer, summer, summer. No, summertime and the living's easy. Uh, so we went to Antelope Island, uh, which is this. If you don't know what Antelope Island is, it's an island with no antelopes on it. That is not true. There are antelopes. Pronghorn antelope are antelope. They're a type of antelope. But uh, it is an island. I would say in the middle of the Great Salt Lake, but it's not really in the middle anymore. It's really off the edge. Um, it's it runs basically from off the edge. Just off the it's, edge. It's it's a forty four mile long island, uh, and it runs from basically like Bountiful, like North Salt Lake area, all, and you can't get to it anywhere except a causeway that was built all the way up outside of Syracuse, like clear one way Syracuse. in, and one way out. Now, if you look at a map, it basically touches uh, down by North Salt Lake, and they could probably build a causeway down there, but there's mm-hmm. no roads down that far on the island. Well, we'll get into the history here in just a, a second. There's been a couple times in history where the water was high enough that it really was an island. Yeah, well, and it technically still is. There, like when we drove there, I don't think last year it would have been, but this year there was water completely surrounding it, mm-hmm. like it was definitely still an island, but. It is an island for all intents and purposes. It is also a state park. Uh, and so one thing to pay attention to is it does cost money to get there. So as you go down the causeway, you start down the causeway, you'll be greeted at a state park booth. It's 15 bucks a car. There's some other things that you can pay. If you camp, it's like 30. I think it's 30 bucks to camp, to camp for a site. And there's, like a, there's a handful of campsites mm-hmm. out there. It's still in the desert. So just understand it's still mountainous desert camping. So hot in the um, day, cold at night. Yep. Yep. And not a lot of protection from the elements. Well, um, it is a dark sky, which we have talked about that before. So you can get a spectacular view at night. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, Okay. So that being said, we'll let Jeremy um, okay, we'll start our, history, and I'll correct him as he our goes. Our usual history, correct add-on. We'll have a good time. Okay, so Antelope Island has has had inhabitants, Native American inhabitants, from 500 to 2,000 years ago is their estimate, which they they have found evidence of Native Americans using that land. So when the Mormons claimed that they found it, that wasn't that wasn't real? Not even close. Damn it. They were the first Again. To, they said they were the first to settle it, man. And the uh, the, Ute, the Ute people used it up until the late eighteen forties and we'll get to a certain date in the eighteen forties. I'll explain that why. So it was originally I don't know what you'd want to call it. Discover's not really the word, but John C. Fremont mapped it. I uh, mean, yeah, he kinda did. I get he discovered it as a non native, right? Like he however, was the first guy to if the the Spanish had been here some twenty, thirty years before that. However, they and didn't I, map it the way that <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Fremont did. But anyway, and then so in 1843, Fremont maps it on his way back, 1845, because he makes his way to California. And on his way back, uh, he stays in Antelope Island, and it's named after the meat they acquired on the island. So it, that is, ex- at least that is the uh, that's the, the prevailing theory, because yeah. they didn't actually say. But that's what we're, we're kind of asking that. Why is it called Antelope Island? Th- th- anyway, that's kind of the reason that's given. <laughs> Uh, first Mormon pioneers arrive in Salt Lake Valley in 1847. <laughs> 1848, one year later, <laughs> the church moves, this is ours too. moves their cattle on the island, which we were, all, we were also talking about, um, the ranch that's there. And I kind of made the joke that, oh, somebody's like, this is mine and staked it. And it, no, it was the church. No, I mean, that is exactly how it works. So it is. The, the, the U.S. government, I mean, that worked this way on Antelope Island because they tried to settle the whole island. Right. 
So back in those days, this is during westward expansion, Mm -hmm. the U.S. government would issue claims to people. You basically go out, you literally go watch Little House on the Prairie, like the first season. They, It's true. It's exactly how it happened. They went out, they put some stakes down on the ground, and they started building a house, and they claimed that land is theirs. Yep. And they farmed it or ranched it or did whatever the fuck they were going to do, and that's how they owned land. Yep. And that was where the American dream was born in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. Um, because you could have a huge chunk of land yep, that's yours that didn't cost a ton Let's of money. Let's be clear, though. it was That was limited to a certain kind of people. Oh, sure. Yeah, not everyone got to do that. Um, but that that's exactly how it worked. And so Utah was no different than anyone else. We were in that same boat. Uh, and the church just happened to plant their flags a lot more um, I wish you wouldn't just generously the church. Well, that's what they're supposed to be called. Yeah, that's what they'd like to be called. Remember. I don't care what they'd like to be called. <laughs> I always call them the, the LDS Catholic, church. The Catholic church, the Mormons. So 1848, the, the church, the LDS church, uh, puts their catalog to graze on it. 1848 to 1849, Fielding Gar builds the ranch house. Okay, hold on. I, I just want to take a step back though, because the Mormon church puts their cattle there. We need to explain what that means. Because it wasn't like the Mormon church was just like, oh, we got a bunch of cows. Where do we stick them? The Mormon church requires all of its people to tithe 10% of their earnings. Well, cattle are one of your earnings. And a lot of people, like if they're ranchers, don't have money on hand. So what do they do? They donate 10% of their herd. Their chickens and their cows and so, their sheep. So I guess let's we'll, we'll go down this rabbit hole for a second. I'll try not to go too far down it, so stop me if I go too far down. So part of what it was all about was the Perpetual Immigration Fund. Yes. Which, for those of you who don't know, which is probably most, because I'm not going to teach you this in Sunday school. They're not going to teach you this in school in Utah either. The way the Perpetual Immigration Fund worked is the missionaries went out to all over the world, but specifically at this time, England was their big thing. So they would go to England and they'd say, You've joined our church. Now you have to come to Zion if you want to reap the benefits of living in Zion. And they said, well, that's very expensive. We can't do that. And they said, well, we have what's called the Perpetual Immigration Fund. Sell everything you have and give every dime of the proceeds to the church, and then we will provide you passage to America. So they would sell everything they had, give it to the church, who would then buy tickets. But let me put it this way. They weren't buying first-class tickets. They were sending people with the cattle and everything else. Mm -hmm. And then they got to the United States, and then they said, now you need to pay for your way to get across the, the states. And they're like, well, we already sold everything we had and gave you everything we had. And they said, oh, well, that got you to America. Now, if you want to come to Utah, you need to come up with another amount of money. That's where they came up with the different ways to get to Utah. The 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 cheapest of all being handcart companies, which were yeah. created by the Mormon Church, and and provided a means of transportation, which we celebrate handcarts every year on and the twenty fourth of July. They actually do tricks where they drag hand. We carts. sure do, and they talk about the poor people who did the handcarts, and it was the church's own doing. Yeah, because, the church kind of fucked a bunch of people over. Man. Because when these people joined the church. They were looked at what their capabilities were, what their income was, what their abilities were, what their education was, and they were given passage to the United States accordingly. The lowest of the totem pole got to go by handcart and got to eat each other along the way. Anyway, so that is what this ranch was originally about. So, so let me, let me back up slightly. So then you make enough money. Sometimes they would have to work in places like New York for up to two years to have enough money to pay for their way to get to Salt Lake. Then when they got to Salt to Lake. To pay for their hand carts and all the bullshit. To pay for all of it. it. With all the money that they've already given the church that the church is lending them back with interest. So then they get into the valley and now 
they owe the grand total, and it's like, well, we paid you to get to America, we paid you to get here. No, 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 that 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 goes into the fund. It costs a whole lot more than what this is. They wouldn't ever actually tell them the amount. So now they have to pay everything they have for as long as the church deems necessary to pay off their debt. And it wasn't just for these good folks. It wasn't just ten percent. It was everything. This is what we call indentured servitude, folks. Exactly. But it was the church doing it, so it was fine until eighteen eighty seven. Exactly. We talked about the Utah War, um, but the Edmunds Tucker Act was passed by Congress because the federal government was like, "Fuck these Mormons! Right. They are just piles of shit, and they are fucking people over with and this thing." The the Edmund Tucker Act passed. 39 to 6. Yeah, it was basically <laughs> about as unanimous as it could be, uh, and that dissolved and disincorporated the LDS church and the PE. And company. all of its corporations, and it allowed them to seize anything that the Mormon church owned worth more than $50,000, which realizing in 1887, that was a lot, but it gave them the right to seize anything. Anyway, that's where this ranch came about, and that's why the cattle were on and then it, it soon went. So I'll get off my high horse no, about no. that yeah. one. But, so that was, a, I mean, it is worth talking about because I don't think a lot of people knew no. or know what the Perpetual Immigration Fund is. And it is a big part of why <laughs> Antelope Island is what it is and, and so, how it was used for so long. So really that's it because the, the cattle, massive amounts of cattle, and then later it turned to sheep, would come into Salt Lake. They needed a place to put it where they could graze, where they could be. What better place, honestly, to put them than on an island? They're not going anywhere. They can't get away. You can just let them free range and graze all they want, and they're not going to get off the island. So that's kind of where it came from because, like I said, when we were there, we're like, well, why? I was asking, well, why is there? I didn't even know this ranch existed, but in doing this little bit of research, that answered it. So well, What's weird is that it existed until the year Chris was born. Well, not really. Like so, it, so let me go back to the history a little bit. But it changed hands a whole lot. So yeah, ton. 1854, Brigham Young builds a boat because at the time there was not the causeway, so they build a boat called the Timely Goal. Uh, <laughs> there was more like a barge to go back and forth the materials for people because they couldn't. Uh, remember, this is still wagon, ox, right, ox right, and right. horse-drawn wagons, and like. If you've ever tried to walk on the salt flats, there are parts that are easy. There are other parts, especially in the marshy area, um, where the, the lake is been right. recently, like it turns to mud. Yeah. And you like can. we've, we've talked about the amount of mud that you, you get in those marshy areas. So a, a, a horse drawn wagon's not going to make well, it. Well, that salt almost turns to cement when it starts to set. Yeah. Well, Cause it's crystal. So, yeah. So they build, they build the barge to go back and forth. Uh, 1856. The church sends several hundred heads head of horses. So we we should take a step back though, because in 1848, the the cattle are there. Fielding Gar uh, builds. builds a ranch, right. like a, a huge ranch house and a whole a whole bunch of stuff. And at, at this point, the Mormon Church is like, okay, you are going to be the foreman, right? Um, you're going to deal with the tithing herd, right? Um, so it doesn't say. However, I would have to imagine the church probably funded building. Oh, I'm sure they did the ranch house sure because they, they put him in charge of it, along with. Uh, there's another guy puts in charge. Julia, I turned your mic off. When you leave, don't slam your headset <laughs> on the mic. It's really loud. I scared us all. So. Um, then in 1854, we have the, the grasshoppers, which that's a whole big thing in Mormon history. Well, it's not Mormon or, history. Or, that's or, Utah, Utah history. Utah history. God sent a plague of grasshoppers to kill off the Mormons. It didn't work. And so um, the California sent seagulls. California sent seagulls. So the governor assholes. prayed. The governor had a day of prayer, and then the seagulls Asked the, came. It's like for the rain that came this year. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean that's why. It's because. Cox and the rest of Utah prayed last year for rain. That's right. That's right. Uh, but anyway, so 
It is important though because in in the fifties when we had the huge cricket problem and grasshoppers, they basically just destroyed all the Everything. crops, including all the feed. You know, because this is back back in a time where we didn't bale hay and mm. feed it to cattle. Like we put alfalfa fields out in place or hay fields or grasslands, and we had cattle open graze. And when the grasshoppers eat all of that stuff, there's nothing for the cattle, and they all died off. Right. Well, it's not like now where if a particular area has a, a nasty plague, you just buy it from another place. Yeah, it's going to cost you more, but you get it shipped in. There was no such thing in 1856. If your crops failed, y'all died. Uh, and so then, then in 1856, the church, because the cattle are all gone, goes, okay, let's put all these horses out on the yeah. island. So they, they, they start breeding horses out there. Um, and then there's more cattle that come out there because the tithing doesn't stop. And so, no. um, you might have heard this name before, William Ashby. Um, he's put in charge of the herd. Hey, in I the have 60, Ashby's 1860s. in my history. Yes, you do. I also have Sorensen's that are, are in this history. Very likely too. related very to likely those Ashby's. <laughs> 1872, they start bringing sheep. So now you've got mm-hmm. quite a bit of livestock. Tons. Um, so 1874, the slate mining. So when we were out there, we saw all the rocks, and I was like, well, those are kind of some interesting unique rocks. It was slate. So here's something that's really interesting about um, about Antelope Island from a rock standpoint. They are the oldest rocks on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like Antelope Island predates anything else. In the, I think maybe it's just the U.S., but it predates anything in the United States uh, in terms of age, the, the way those rocks were developed. So they're saying, so this article from the Deseret News, August 12th, 1874, uh, said that they had two gentlemen, W.W. Uh, w. Lowe and Mr. H.H. H. Vischer, of Salt Lake City came out and inspected it, and they said it's the slate is as good as anything from the old country. Mm-hmm. So, uh, leads me to assume that yes, it's as yeah. good as anything so you the, could get from Europe. The oldest rocks, um, and this is even at the rocks around Gar Ranch. This isn't even at the top of that peak. They're around two point seven billion years old, which is older than any of the rocks in the mm-hmm. U.S. Really, it's older than the Grand Canyon. Um, the quartzite that's found there, uh, in the northern part of the island is 550 million years old. Like the rocks there, it's, the rocks are really interesting because it's such a really old prehistoric piece. That's, I mean, relatively undestroyed by man up until the late 1800s when we started mining the shit out of it. So it's just so weird because in all of Utah, you don't see anything like that. And then you're on this tiny little island and, and it's, and it's everywhere. Yeah, well, and it's because it's a part of a lake bed. Like, it's an ancient mountain that was part of a lake that, you know, has been... I mean, that peak, that peak of that island was always out of the lake, from what I understand. Yeah, well, if if y'all remember from our adventure when Bree flooded the Salt Lake Valley, everything was flooded, and (laughs) the very tallest peak of Antelope Island was was the only thing left. So it is the highest point in the Salt Lake Valley. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it's about, like... It's about two thousand or so feet above the lake level, the mm-hmm. peaks of those 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 mountains right. there. So 18- I didn't even know about the Ashby thing. What was that about again? It's just he became one of the the tender the tender of the Mormon cattle herd basically for mm-hmm. a while. So they had they had someone over sheep, someone over cattle, someone over horses. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, there's a ton of slate that gets starting to get mined off the island in the late 1800s. So, um, 1875 is when the church loses interest in the island because of the Homestead Act. And that's what we were talking about because it was open to the Homestead Act, which means the Mormons couldn't own it. 
They owned pieces of it, but and the Pacific, Union Pacific Railroad basically got every odd section of land, yep. and so it made it impossible for the church to own the whole thing by yeah. a lot. So they kind of gave up interest in it. Uh, eighteen seventy eight, the Gar Ranch is deeded to John Layton by the United States, and then Layton deeds it to the Davis County Co-op in December twenty fourth. So now. After 1878, it's no longer in the hands. It's now part of the Davis County Co-op. Right. And then they sell it really quickly. Uh, and then... Um, yeah, it goes through a handful of companies, people, And then Union Pacific sells their chunks of it to uh, the stuff for homesteading to someone. And eventually it gets to a point, like, it passes hands a fucking ton during this time. Yeah, in like a 10, 12-year period. Yeah, and then there's like... There was one homestead that was established just north of the ranch. Um, eighteen ninety three is a really important year. That yep. is the first year that bison get introduced, and so at this point it was twelve bison, twelve bison, four cows, four uh, babies, uh, and four four bulls. Um, and it was by a guy named William Glassman. Um, and they actually so they had to bring it by uh, uh, a ferry. Um, over to the island, but the reason that they brought them to the island, they think, is because he was trying to establish, like, an exotic hunting thing. Because at this point in our history, we had wiped out almost every bison in the country. We suck. Like, the biggest herds were less than a 100. Yep. And it, we had just decimated the population of bison in the wild, which is just really kind of brutal to think about. Because now we have much bigger herds, but... and And the thought was, he was going to create... A herd specifically for people to be able to hunt something that was going extinct, which is like twisted. It's like, and I, I mean, I guess in like late 1800s, like that's not something that people are conscious of, like how fucked we're, we're making the so world. You could stand on the island, watch the, watch the whales and turn around and shoot bison. <laughs> <laughs> uh and so but that is the start of the original bison herd um that that is on the island it's a very successful bison herd uh, and that, that same year for mountain sheep yep and they bring a bunch of deer, deer and peasant pheasant peasants, that were all peasants. brought into the island they brought some peasants too <laughs> 94 1894 10 elk are brought to the island uh but the elk were later killed by vandals and i don't know so i'm kind of curious actually if the elk wouldn't have been killed off that year, um, if they would have stuck around and survived, like that's a lot of herding animals on that island now because you're talking sheep, bison, bison, antelope, and you're talking like mountain sheep, prong, like like which, bighorn sheep, which all graze, which are all exactly, and so they're all competing for the same resources. Herbivores. And elk herds get massive if left unchecked if they don't have natural predators. And one thing to know about this island is. They still don't have a lot of natural predators. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but that's that was an interesting thing. So. so 1899, the mining begins. I found this one interesting. I didn't realize I didn't this. know they mined the island either. either. Nope, they didn't. So in 18, April 15th, 1899, the Antelope Gold and Copper Mining Company was founded because they... Had, this is about the time that they had discovered uh, copper up in the mountains. Up, yeah. Copper up at the Bingham Copper Mine. And so, for whatever reason, they were positive there was going to be gold and copper in Antelope Island. So, they set up the company in 1899. Uh, within seven years, it had gone bankrupt, and the claim holders 
were all because a lot of slate <laughs> and a lot of interesting like cement level rock as well. That all got moved off the island too later, but we'll talk about so that. So because after that, so 1903, that whole endeavor absolutely failed. So the person who owned it at that time sold it to the Island Improvement Company. Mm-hmm. And then the very next year, this is why people like I'm I'm just gonna stop before we talk about what happens <laughs> next. next this is why People want the federal government to protect lands and stop states from fucking selling land to whoever wants to take all the shit out of it. Because in the very next year, they start putting fucking oil wells on it. So now we've done slate mining. We've used gold mining, gold gold and copper prospecting and mining. And now we're sticking oil wells on the land. So they buy 6,000 acres on the north end of the island and put four oil rigs on it. And they're positive. In fact, they sell fifty or five thousand dollar bonds. Mm-hmm. Wow! Back in nineteen oh four, to the oil company, so that as soon as they strike oil, all of the shares, which could be bought for five cents a piece at the time, as soon as soon as they struck oil, everybody could be rich. Needless to say, in nineteen eleven. <laughs> In 1911, they add some more buffalo to the island. Because there's no oil, there's no gold, <laughs> there's no copper. There's a lot of rocks, but there's um, slate and sheep. Yeah, so they stick a bunch of buffalo on the island. Um, and then in 1915, um, uh, John Dooley Jr. Uh, starts bringing sheep onto yep. the so island. So he, he takes over the island improvement company, is what it's called at this point, and brings in the sheep. And I believe that's all the sheep stuff that we saw... The big sheep barn, which we'll talk yeah. about in a few minutes. So it is interesting because that was the largest wool producing and sheep farm in the country. It was a massive operation. Um, and we will talk about seeing some of that stuff because it's still there. But that was, I was like really surprised when I was reading in depth. Like, yeah. that was a really big deal. Like, that wool harvesting operation was massive. massive. Well, and, and so automated for 19. 19- I mean, it was basically 11. the first factory farm. For all intents and purposes. Or 1915, I mean, to be that automated back then. Yeah, it was essentially the first factory farm. So 1922, the very first cover and wagon movie is filmed out at Antelope Island. And they use the buffalo herd. And they use the buffalo herds and the covered wagons. So yeah, 1922, and we've talked about movies filmed in Utah a lot, but 1922 started it all. So I mentioned this. I don't know how quickly you guys are going to get to the 40s, but... Now that you're at least in the beginning of the 1900s, um, in I don't I can't remember what building it is. I tried to identify it on the map, but I'm not great at that. It's where they have all of the tools and the implements laid out. You can walk in on one side. Yeah, one of the ranch buildings. They mm-hmm. have um, these like melamine book things, and as I was thumbing through one, I found a picture of ranch foreman Alton Sorensen and his wife Janet. Damn it. So Janet. for those of you who don't know, my maiden name is Sorensen, and this is spelled the same. What the hell? I was typing something. Can you not do that? That's well, very distracting. I was trying to find something. Woman. Anyway, uh, Alton Sorensen spelled the same way that my last name was. So I texted my dad, and he wasn't sure he was going to look into it and find out. But So now we've talked about Ashby's, which are my dad's biological family. And Sorensen's, which are my other dads. It makes sense that they'd be related, or at least 
Both, yeah, both it, Mormons. It's funny so. because they call out Ranch Foreman quite a bit in a lot of the history, but they don't call out Sorensen in the history they put online, but they do have it in that book. Yeah, in that book. Is, yeah, and they weird. have him like three times. I took, mm-hmm. I took a picture of him where it's him and his wife, and then there's a picture, like sitting at a dining room table, and that's, it's actually in the little, uh, book the timeline of history that we got and then there's a picture of him on a horse with his wife in the garden and then there's um there's actually a picture of him with his kids up on a combine and the interesting thing is they're saying this was in the 1940s sorry babe i think you were trying to get me to put talk into my microphone um and this was in the 1940s and my dad was born in 1942. So if this guy is related, he's got to be. Could be a great grandpa or a great uncle or something. No, well, he would, no, cause my dad's dad was very old. So he would be like an uncle or hmm. a cousin. And so in, not a great or a great, great anything. In 1941, this is an important, an important year for the island because the island improvement company traded some land that it had in Rush Valley to the Bureau of Land Management so they could get basically the rest of Antelope Island under their wing. And so at that point, they owned, uh, so Dooley, again, is the guy that owned the island improvement company. They had owned almost the entire island at that point, mm-hmm. which I think is the first time in the island's history that it was owned by a single right. group. Entity, right. Um, and then um, the government took away a bunch of that company's land in 1951 mm-hmm. in Skull Valley to uh, to become what is now Dugway Proving Grounds. Right. Uh, and so um, the company sold a bunch of its sheep and stocks, uh, the island with cattle during that time. And it's interesting, the re- part of the reason they did that is the wool trade had diminished dramatically. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't worth a whole lot. So they sold off a bunch of sheep and brought cows back onto the island again. So then 1967... The road to nowhere. So 1967 is when they actually build the causeway to get out to it. So up until then, there were temporary things. There were floating bridges. There were different ways to get out there. But it was 1967 is when they actually built the causeway from Syracuse to Antelope Island. Yeah. As a, and they actually used a bunch of sand and gravel from the northern part mm-hmm. of the island to make it. Uh, and then... Um, the north part of the island at that point, uh, in 1969, as that was completed, gets gifted to the state to be yep. a state park. Um, and it is interesting that, um, it's around this time that, um, they're trying to get the Great Salt Lake and Antelope Island tagged as national parks. So people can't. And, and yeah. basically what happened during all of that is the federal government said, uh, we're, we're not going to help you because you guys haven't been stewards of the land. Like you motherfuckers have factories just dumping shit into the great salt <laughs> lake. You're dumping your sewage into that lake. Like why the fuck would we protect it? You guys can't even take care of it yourself. We're not going to tag it as a national park. Uh, and so that's why it's not a national park and it's just a state park. And maybe at some point it will become a national park, but I think the state's taken some ownership since then, but that's when the state park is actually first formed. Uh, and it is just that, top little piece of the island at that point that's the state park so 1979 i found this interested i didn't realize this uh they created a 13 mile long conveyor belt they took out 16 million cubic yards of the island to use 
on the I-80 uh, roadway system. Mm-hmm. So the conveyor belt went, this is how long the island is. The conveyor belt went from the southern part of the island to basically where 56th West and I-80 is today. 13 miles. And at the time, it was the longest working conveyor belt ever built. And so they were just blasting rock and using it mostly because the rock there is really good for cement. And so that's mostly what they were using it for, is to pour the concrete for I-80. So then as soon as that little project ends, 1981, the state of Utah purchased the southern 2,600 acres of the island. 26,000, Or 26,000. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big deal, because that's when the island basically is made whole. Um, and that's uh, in 1983, if you guys all remember, the great floods of 83 that yep. we've talked about quite a bit lately. Um that actually causes the floodway, uh, the, the causeway to completely flood and they can't have the park open at all. So the park is completely closed. Uh, they definitely put some pumps in and stuff like that. Um, but it's, hmm. it didn't work. Well, it's several years. So in 1987, yep. that's when the reach, the, the lake becomes the highest it's ever been in recorded history. Um, and then 4,200 feet above sea level. And then in the early 90s, once that starts to recede, they rebuild the causeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 93, after the causeway is done, they open the park up that's, to the public. That's when I graduated. No, you did not. Oh, in 93. Yes, I did. I was thinking 83 uh, still. Um, and they reintroduced uh, pronghorns to the island at that yep, point. in 97. Because so, yeah. they all died... It all died off. Disease um, and th- yeah, the herd again. This goes back to they had a fuck ton of cattle and a fuck ton of sheep, and they had all these bison. Like the the animals that live there normally, the antelope can't survive when they're in that much competition for food. There's just no way. Like something's got to give. Something's going to die. It's not that big of an island. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's big. It's a big island, but it's just an island. It's mm-hmm. not like a huge open free range area. It's like well, 40 it's not miles. like any of the water around it is fresh or anything. Like it's. It's totally reliant on underground water sources. And and in 1997, rain. they introduced the bighorn sheep, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been doing really well. Uh, and they added more pronghorn antelope, uh, about 100, uh, in 2003. Um, and that's something that, um, you know, there's a pretty healthy pronghorn herd. There's a pretty, it's a small herd of bighorn sheep, but it's fairly healthy. Uh, and then the buffalo herd, I think, is like somewhere between three and 400 buffalo. I mean, the they were pretty easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw tons of yeah. them. So as far as our actual little trip, uh, for us in Riverton, it was about an hour and 20 minutes. How long did it take you guys to get there? Just, uh, just a little bit shorter than that. So the ride, you're going all the way up to Clearfield, basically. So you basically go to Hill Air Force Base. Yep. And instead of turning to Hill Air Force Base, you go west. And you drive west on Antelope Drive. Uh, through Syracuse. A really long time. Actually, the longest part of the drive, I think, is taking Especially antelope. since it's under construction right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you take it all the way through Clearfield, through Syracuse, and then you get to like a one lane with some farmhouses, and then you get to the causeway. Um, and then once you get out to the causeway, the island, you know, for as much human interaction has been there, there's not much in the way of roads. Mm-hmm. So there's a few roads in the top part where the park was originally, and there's a road that gets down to Gar Ranch. And that Gar Ranch is maybe what halfway down the island? Yeah, halfway like, to two thirds, somewhere in there. Fifteen miles from the from the entrance to the yeah. Land so total. May, maybe halfway down the island so. to get to Gar Ranch, and that's where the road stops. There's a dirt road after that, but there's no paved road mm. after Gar Ranch. Um, so one thing to keep in mind is it's not a place that you can drive around the whole island. Nope. There's a, 
handful of places you can drive. It is mostly for hiking and some camping. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would recommend doing there, you know, overall. Well, and they have, they have the different hikes listed. Kind of a oh yeah they have medium a, hard and then time frame one hour two hour three so they hour, actually had hours. even more than that so the one that I picked up was the ranger recommended hikes and they have it broken down into one to two hour hikes that are easy moderate or strenuous and you can and then they have the trail map and they have several different kinds of trail maps they give you one when you pay for your entrance fee and then you can pick colored ones and stuff up um, at the visitor center. Or at the ranch. The ranch has a bunch of different yep. pamphlets and stuff you can pick up. There are tons of trails. It's mm-hmm. not just... It, there's like one to two hour hikes. There's two to four. There's like six plus hour hikes. And I would imagine if you're really hardcore, you could hike around the whole island, I would think. Yeah, most of the island is open. There there are spots that are marked backcountry. It is really important that you understand what you're doing when you're there. Because there are a ton of wild animals in this 40 square mile island or however big it is. I think it's like 40 square miles. There are hundreds of bison. Bison are not nice creatures Mm -hmm. if they feel threatened. And it doesn't take much for them to feel threatened. And these are wild. They're not in a zoo. And they're fast. They don't look like it, but they're fast. Yeah. And there's warnings about them, but there's also the antelope. There's bighorn sheep. If those fuckers headbutt you. You're probably not over. getting up. Yeah. Um, there are also predators. There are coyotes out there. There are foxes out there, which probably fox isn't going to do much to you. There are badgers. Badgers will fuck you up at night. Honey badgers don't care. There are porcupines on the island. Now, badgers and porcupines are very nocturnal. Uh, there are also bobcats. They're not fucking house cats. They're a little bit bigger than house cats. They look nice. <laughs> they're not. They're just a little bit bigger. They're quite a bit bigger, they're but they're about, not like lion size. They're like. 20 to 30 pounds. Bobcats are small. They're not like this. Yeah, that's not, twice as big as our fat cat. They're not like the sand kittens, which are <laughs> freaking awesome. Um, did anybody notice on this map there's a place called Molly's Nipple? <laughs> there are some I interesting I want to know names. why it's named Molly's Nipple. Molly Mormon? So when we went, we stopped at the visitor center. Mm-hmm. The visitor center's a really nice little visitor center. It's got a small gift shop. Um, not a it's lot of. It's got a stinky video place. <laughs> yeah, it smells like pee in there for some reason. Um, the animals walk right next to the visitor center all the time. We pulled like, up and there was a there was a bison. Bison, not even a hundred. I thought yards it was away. a statue when we first pulled up because I'm like, really? Like that's right by us. Yeah, not even a hundred yards away uh, from the visitor just center. Just, just hanging out, dusting itself. Um, and the visitor center lady said a big chunk of the antelope herd was over there right by the visitor center like the day before. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so there are lots of wild animals is, is my point. So if you're going to go out there, you need to know what you're doing. Um, it is important to know, too, uh, you can take dogs. They have to be on leash. They can't be on a long lead either. They have to be on a six-foot or shorter leash. Uh, and there are certain areas they're not allowed, probably because of... The herds right. of animals. Well, and they tell you if you if you are going to hike, you got to stand. You need to stay on the trails. Yeah. Okay. So I looked up what is Molly's nipple on Antelope Island named after, and this is the first thing that came up. Some sources claim there are eleven geological features in Utah that bear this name. <laughs> At least some of those names are attributed to John Kitchen a pioneer of an early exploration of Utah who named them to commemorate a nipple of his wife, Molly. Is it M-O-L-L-Y? Yeah, everywhere his wife ever had a so nip I slip. So I just, I just want everyone to know 
This uh, that's podcast. pretty rare in Pioneer Days that Molly's, Molly's nipple, nipple, like this... a woman's nipple, is going to slip, though. Well, you know what? This is the they're breastfeeding. This is uh, now the no. show name, Molly's, Molly's nipple. nipple. That will be the show's show's name in in homage <laughs> to whatever his name. Apparently, wife it's is. a prominent. It's also a prominent hike and hurricane. Heck yeah, his man. wife got around. There's nothing like Very prominent. there's nothing like when you get to the top of your hike being able to be on a nipple. <laughs> the seven nipples of Molly Kitchen. There's like an article written Whoa. by someone named DJ Butler. Isn't he the guy? Oh yeah, I know from DJ. Comic Con. Can we call it no, Molly's no, nipple not... or Molly's seven nipples now. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. Um, okay, so the visitor center. Lots of information in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of really good information on the geology of the area. The all of the animals that are there. They have like the birds, the rodents. Like there's tons of different well, rodents and stuff. The dark sky that I was talking about. They have a they have a little thing about dark sky. What it is. They talk about the kind of lights that you do and do I, not use. What I found interesting when we were reading the dark sky stuff is two only two out of every ten people in the world can actually see the Milky Way. Now, I just want to point out that is the shittiest, dumbass statement, but I understand why they say it. We are part of the Milky Way galaxy. What you can see, all the stars that we see are also part of the Milky Way <laughs> so galaxy. when you see stars, you are technically seeing the but Milky Way. But what they mean is, like, when I, and this is something I remember when I was a kid, like, growing up in Green River, I could go out 20 minutes out of town, and I could see stars and i'm not talking about like a handful of stars and the fucking big dick dip the big dicker <laughs> dicker <laughs> molly's I'm, nipple and the big i'm dicker. talking about when you see pictures where you can see some color and you see bands of the, basically the like and the like blues. the gaseous bands and stuff that's what they're talking mm-hmm. about with the milky way but only two out of ten people in the world can see that it's sad i think most of them live in syria and north korea where there is no light, that's right. uh, light pollution. But that's the problem is there's so much light pollution. Uh, and so we've talked about it a lot. Dark sky areas and dark sky parks are a big deal. So if you do camp there, it is. And so it is a dark you sky can park. see yeah. everything. As is Capitol Reef uh, is another dark sky. And they both have really beautiful, you can see great stuff there. And when we're up at Bear Lake, Bear Lake isn't, but it's... It's out enough that you can see a whole lot of stars. Yeah, the problem is there's still a lot of people that live there's there, and so there's a pollution. lot of light pollution. They actually talk about that at the the visitor center too. Yeah, a little display. Um, they have a display of like street lamps and how obnoxious, like the ones that are just lights up. It's just light for light's sake. It's not directed, and it's the worst. And versus something that's incredibly pointed and directed down at the ground where the light like Molly's only, nipple. Like Molly's nipples is incredibly pointed. Yeah, but but they're pointed at the sky, so that's like the opposite effect of what we want. Maybe she's laying down. If she's <laughs> laying down, they're pointed at the sky, unless she's laying on her belly, in which case, like, how are you? How do you know it's a nipple? Wouldn't it be her back that you're on top of? <laughs> Riding Molly's back. Okay. Molly's bare back. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> um, anyway, so the visitor center, I would encourage you to stop there. They also have really cool bathrooms. Apparently, I don't know. I didn't use them. Breeded. She said it was like a industrial strength. Well, it's like door. these big still like doors, and when you like locked them to you know go to the bathroom, it sounded like you were being locked inside of a prison cell. That's yeah. awesome. Um, Julie got a sticker for the briefcase. She just forgot to bring it. That's not very helpful. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the visitor center is cool. Yep. Uh, and then we were like, well, let's just drive 
down that yeah. long road. Let's see where it goes, and maybe we'll go on a hike down there. And we got down there, and the end of the road is literally at Gar Ranch, and so we were like, well, let's go look around Gar Ranch. And we walked around Gar Ranch for a long time, like at least an hour we yeah. were there. It was pretty cool. There, it's... I mean, it was a working ranch for years, and there's tons of stuff still there, like really old antique farm equipment from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. But the coolest part was the barn. Yeah, right? the sheep barn. To be as automated as it was for back then, it had a conveyor belt. It had a section where the floor it's, drops, and the sheep either it's go a, up or it's, down. I, I would assume- I that's where they threw the fluff. No, 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 no. They put oh. the throw. So when you go into this barn, so it's like looks like a normal barn on the outside, and when you go in, half of it- has this big platform. And I think they ran the sheep up that chute and then out uh, a different way. Yeah. Um, but the sheep basically come into a little pen. Uh, and next to them, they had these like metal ramps that I think they got yeah. rid of. It. Either, either, either in or out. Yeah, either in or out. And I'm sure they, they kept one direction flowing. But at each of these stations, and there was probably what? like Those a, chutes were not for the sheep. There was probably like a duck. They absolutely were. No, there is no way they put a sheep on that thing and dumped it down. No, no, a story. It, it, was, it was a ramp. It was a it's ramp. a ramp. It's not an it actual backside. It was a chute, like a ramp, though. It dropped down and they ran down it. What, I like a slide? Kind yeah. Of. Well, basically, a sheep slide. Yeah, yeah. Basically, because if, if you went around the other side and looked, you could see the little slide. Yeah. They and so anyway, <laughs> they had like I want to say it was like a dozen of these stations. It might have even been more than that. Oh, but I think it was like 20. 20 25. There's there is a there is a, a chute for the the sheep to be in. There is a space between that. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that was for. And then there's like the little ramp thing that we're just talking about. Um, presumably for them to push the sheep back down. But they pull the she- sheep out of the chute. The the people that are shorning these sheep have we thought these belts were for shearing uh for the sheep uh and to hold the sheep. They were not. They it's were this, for the people yeah, to help with the belt attached to the uh, to a pulley system basically. And so you could like float there so you weren't like hunched so you over. Yeah, fucking your back up the whole time basically. And then it had an automatic shear next to it. So you had a belt and a shear in front of So every you would you would station. shear the sheep, throw the wool on top of the conveyor belt, which is literally, I mean, you don't have to take any steps to do this. You would go. I bet you it was kind of fun in some ways. I could just swing around in your little yeah. belly belt. So there's, well, it's a hundred percent, it's a hundred percent factory design, right? Like you, you shear the sheep, you throw the thing, get rid of the sheep, grab the next sheep. And it just continued. Look, to we move. never said that the Mormons were stupid. We just said that they were mean and greedy. It was really cool <laughs> to see that kind of innovation in the way for, they, and for 1904, that is, yeah, for, for like the way that they they factory did that sheep stuff was really cool. Uh, and then the, the the ranch is huge. There's a lot of stuff to walk around. Um, you know, we walk there. still the the ranch house. I didn't know this is the oldest building with original foundation yeah. in the state. Yep. Well, that and like they added on to it. So each one of those sections was built in a different era. Uh, so the I was commenting as we went through because I was like, those toilets look so modern. Like, they were not put in in the 1800s because they would have had the tank. They were put in the 1940s. I was going to say, yeah, those were like 40s. But then the whole, the other end and the floor was different too. Uh But then the whole other end, like, is definitely the 1800s. Like, the rooms are teeny. The floor is different. There's 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 a hearth. There's one big room with the fireplace and then two rooms off to the side with like a couple beds in them. Which is how houses were built. Well, it was like the one bedroom for the mom and dad and then a bedroom with like a couple beds crammed in it. Yeah, for the kids. And that's, I mean, that's how the houses were. Mm -hmm. And you basically only did 
that because you had one heating source for the house and right. it was in the big room. Uh, anyway, that was really cool to see those houses. They had some, some root cellars, uh, and, and stuff. And, uh, is the guest here? Yeah. Okay. We can send Jeremy up and we can finish. I can go. Okay. Yeah. You go okay. up. We'll, we'll keep talking because we're not quite done yet. Um, but I thought those cellars were really cool. Um, and then one thing, this is where the little forested area was. They clearly have like school field trips that come out here right. and stuff. There were a ton of picnic tables yeah, for outdoor seating. Yeah, they were closed, closed up. Um, but there's, there's like, uh, all this, uh, like overgrown foresty area you can walk around. And then on the backside of that, it opens up into the wetlands. And it's really cool because it, there's like a little, there's fencing, but you can literally see like the reeds of the wetlands and the birds of the wetlands. And on one side of you, you've got forest and on the other side, wetlands. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing. Not really forest. It's just a bunch of trees. Yeah. But like it's foresty. So that was that I thought that was really cool. And I I will say like the bird populations out there are pretty massive. And the important birds. That's what it was. Oh yeah. It was the important 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 birds. birds. So we're walking around and Jonathan's like, that is not an important bird. That is an important bird. <laughs> How he was also know. calling yeah. the reeds like can- sugar cane sugar and cane. what sugar else cane. is it? <laughs> oh, know. corn with a, a corn stalks without corn. corn. Chris is something like, I'll go pick one and I'll whip you with it. And he's like, only if it's sugar cane. Anyway, there was this whole weird conversation. <laughs> that, oh, that's but, Jonathan for you. But it was kind of cool. So the, there is lots to do on the island, um, even if you just go drive and see those things. But I would recommend if you're going to go there, Definitely go with the intention of going on a hike and go see more of the island, more of the interior. Yeah, you want to be there for a few hours, I mean, to to make your 15 bucks worth it. I, I'm telling you, if I lived <laughs> in that area, if I lived anywhere within like 15 minutes or so of that area, I would probably go there frequently to hike. Yeah. I think there's some really cool stuff to see there. And you're going to see a lot more wildlife there than you will like hiking up Mill Creek most of the time. Right. So. Well, and down on the beach. Although Cassie was in Mill Creek and saw a moose. A mooses. Down on the beach part, they had the, they had a couple spots where you could hang out in the water. I don't know if I'd want to, but they did. I would not hang out. That guy that really guy wanted That guy that wanted us to, us to go so put bad. our feet in the water. He must have gotten commission off everybody who got in the water, but. It's creepy and he was eating corn in the house. He was, he was. But that the marina actually has water in it this year. There weren't boats, but I'm assuming if the water level rises, there'll be they'll boats be able to again. put some boats in there. And they do have the bike rentals, so you can rent bikes and bike around the island. And as the old man told us multiple times, if you go walk past the bike stand, you can put your feet in the water. Yeah. Well, Brian he only swim between your toes. He only told you multiple times. Yeah, he times. told us He once. only told us one time. So, Yeah, I that's what I say. I think he got, like... He's probably... He was pretty old. He's probably losing it a little bit. Like, um, he might not even work on the island. True. He maybe <laughs> just found a shirt at Savers that says, like, DNR, and then, that's like, true. he just... He's that, there, wandering around. That is going to do it for Molly Nipples, though. <laughs> Molly's, um, Molly's nipple. nipple. Molly's Sorry, nipple. Molly. Molly's nipples. That, well, that she has seven. Yeah. Yeah. So she got a lot of nipples. Total Recall, eat your heart out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's time for our so, weekly affirmation. Yeah, accept the good in your life and know you're a fucking delight. <laughs> so once you notice the good shit going on in your life... More good shit starts happening. It's like a magnet or a dung beetle. <laughs> Fun fact, once a dung beetle gets a little nub of poop, he runs around with it, and the more poop sticks to it and grows and grows. Goodness is like that. That's pretty good. I like All that. Right. There you have uh, it. You're like a little dung beetle. So follow us out on social media at TNU Podcast. Did <laughs> you just call me a dung um, beetle? Yeah. No, just our listeners, not you. Uh, follow yes. us on social medias. Uh, and then uh, our website, thenewutah.com. Great place to find 
pictures of places we go. We well, got we'll post we'll post this info about the uh, about the, the Antelope Island and Molly's Bri- nipple. Bri will probably do a whole post on Molly's nipples. I don't even remember. If, did I post on the last the adventure? I can't remember. I don't know. It's been, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't look at the website. Hot dog water. <laughs> hot dog dash water dot com. There you go. There you go. Have a good Fourth of July. Don't burn anything down. Don't light off fireworks. Just go fucking watch a show.